Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. podcast where me nicole byer tries to figure out how on earth i am still single even though you can smack my butt call me a little anchor i'll say thank you i liked it uh that's for me i think i probably used that one already let me come up with a different one okay uh even though you could fill a chicken pot pie up with cum i'll still eat it oh no my guest today <laughs> My guest today is a hilarious comedian and writer who's written for, oh my God, Raven's Home, and is credited for writing Disney Channel's first ever live action trans character. You can see her on Alan Cummings' new stand-up special, a queer comedy extravaganza, now streaming on Showtime. And you can see her all around LA. Um, I have, and I think my guest is very, very funny, so I'm very excited to introduce Nora. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to be hi, here. Hi, 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 hi. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. Um, I am fully out of sorts. I woke up just like, okay, so I went to Disney earlier this week because oh. um, I'm now a Disney adult. Just kidding. I would never. That's sick. Um, but I... <laughs> I went for my birthday, and I walked 13,000 steps, and my fat little body's not used to that. It's not used to it. It broke down. It said, I'm sorry, Nicole, no more. We cannot do it. Um, so I just, like, I've been tired every morning since I've been to Disney because my body is not used to moving that much. That's, I mean, that's the most relatable thing I've ever heard in my life. Story, story of my life. I just moved into a new apartment and all the physical parts of moving and like my fat, fat body was like, you're crazy. You're crazy for this. Wait, did you move by yourself? Uh, well, I mean, I had a, I had movers for the, for the day, but all the other things like the, putting together furniture and mm. like uh, the sub, you know, moving stuff after and like picking up. I, I do Facebook marketplace. Ooh, I know. No, people find fantastic things on Facebook marketplace. You will meet, you will meet the worst people you will ever meet in your life <laughs> through Facebook marketplace. Like the, the, the most insane unhinged people, but the deals are good. 
That's very funny. It's like you deal with the crazy, the yeah. little wild people, but the deals, ooh, the ooh. deals. What's the weirdest interaction you've had with a person from Facebook Market? Easy. Um, I, <laughs> I, I sold my couch in my previous apartment, and this guy was like, oh, I'll come pick it up tomorrow. And I was like, perfect, amazing. So he comes to pick it up. He's about a, a cool 16, 17. And he comes in, and he's like, hey, can um, this is the couch, this couch? He, like, walks over to the couch. He starts to, like, knock on it, kind of, like, listen to it. He starts to thump it oh, a little no. bit. And he's like, oh, sorry, sorry about it. I'm a, I'm a couch flipper. So uh, if you could just give me a few moments, I'm going to see if this is a, a couch I want to flip. And he, I, I can only, he molested that couch. Like oh, he no. was with the, the hand, he was groping it. It was great. He would, the only, he stopped halfway through to call his mom who he flips couches with. Uh-huh. And then they spoke. He was very quiet and whispering, came back, tried to play hardball or something. At this point, it had been 15 to 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I was <laughs> I was livid in my own home. And at that point, he goes, how low can you go? And I said, you have to get out of my house. <laughs> I, I, I said, you, ha you literally have to leave right now. And so then he left. You didn't sell him the couch? No, because I think it was a game. I, it was some sort. It oh. might have been a kink. I don't. It was so strange the way he was touching that couch. I don't. I didn't like it. What a funny kink to have. I <sighs> love it. What do you do to get off? Oh, I just you know touch yeah. couches in front of people. I pretend I'm going to get a couch, and then I grope it in front of the person who thinks that their their couch is getting sold. <laughs> <laughs> it was it it was wild. That's very funny. I love it. When I moved, so I bought a house in a couple like a while ago, years and years and years ago, and I moved from an apartment to this house, and I put all my stuff in trash bags because I was like, why would I put it in a box? Yeah. Like it's all gonna just get unpacked, and it's not going that far. And the movers were really judgmental about my uh, bag situation. Uh, mm. It was very rude. I was like, how dare you judge me on how how I move? And at one point they were like, how, how are you, what, how did you, they just had like lots of questions for me. And I was like, I'm not here for this. This is no. rude, leave me alone. This is a service. This is a service. Yes. Absolutely. Can't just, you know, judge somebody. I agree. Movers are not supposed to be judgmental. <laughs> That's what I think. I think yeah. it's like you just do the job, you know? You don't yeah. have to ask questions. When I worked at Lane Bryant, I never said, why are you buying these ugly pants? I rang them up and I put them in a bag. Did, did you ever say that once, though? Just once? No. No. But this woman did try to return. Um, Not try. She successfully returned pantyhose with period stains in them oh mm. i said i'm sorry i cannot take this back and she said let me see your manager and i said all right this is truly above my pay grade i get seven dollars and fifty cents i whatever <laughs> and then miss norma took those the pantyhose back and then she said okay nicole bag them and tag them because you had to tag damage stuff and i was like you want me to touch this woman's disgusting pantyhose i said this while the woman was standing there and she was like ugh, ugh, ugh. so i made a very big production of putting a bag on my hand like i was picking up dog shit picked up the pantyhose and like really presented to her that i was not touching them and then when i bag or tag them she was still there i was like do i write that they're stained with this woman's period Blah. i was like okay you can have what you want but i will embarrass you Absolutely. that is the only time i've embarrassed somebody at <laughs> when i was supposed to be doing a job absolutely i think that's fair that sounds very fair Lori, thank you so much <laughs> Wait, what kind of jobs have you had before you got into comedy? Oh, my God. I've worked in every... Okay, my first job, I was a dishwasher at a barbecue restaurant okay. in Christian County, Kentucky. And the restaurant oh. was called The Woodshed. And oh, no. They the literally they in called, Christian County. They called me Ching Chong, okay? <gasps> they wrote it on my checks. And I was 15. Wait, so they wrote it on your checks? Yes. But how do you... Oh, okay. sorry. How on do you the, cash this check? 
I'm so sorry. There were no oh, checks it, on the, the, mem- the envelope where I would get the cash. Oh. They would write on the, it was those little tiny pocket little manila. Do you know those yes. manila folders as if they were shrunk down and then people yes, put money. Drugs. drugs and money. They would write ching chong on it. That is the meanest thing I have ever heard. Christian County, you better do better. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it is what it is, but, uh, the best story I ever heard was the the owner, uh, George W. Bush, during his second election, came through Christian County, and the woodshed was an institution, so he went mm-hmm. there to eat. And the owner was so excited. He was like, you know, obviously, like, this is amazing because they're all Republican and stuff. Mm-hmm. He gave George W. Bush a barbecue sandwich, and then George <laughs> W. Bush went, no, 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 I'm not eating that. I'll have a Diet Coke. <laughs> and that that year, uh, the owner voted for the Democratic presidential candidate. That's pretty fucking funny. He was so like, he was so he angry. He wanted a Diet Coke and mm-hmm. my barbecue place. Oh, yes. Democratic. <laughs> People are petty. People are petty. And it, listen, it, if that's what it takes to get the vote changed, that's that's great. But. It was, it was an, exp- I just, I did it for the Sun. You know what I mean? I was, what, I was addicted to Sun. What's, oh, pack like the store? Yeah. I like, I wanted to be like a skater, like a skater oh, boy. Oh, I see. I see. I didn't skate or anything, but I just wanted to look like it. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people really wanted to look like skaters yeah. who had no intentions of skating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wore Jankos. And I don't think Jenkos were for people who didn't. Those are for skaters too, right? Yeah, no, for sure. The devastating thing was I wanted those big dumb bell bottoms, but they didn't make it in my fat ass size, so I had to wear the men's Jenkos. Hell yeah, <laughs> which were very tight, very hard to walk in, but you know she did it. I wore I wore like a pink, like the, I had a Volcom mm-hmm. shirt. That was pink, and you know I was very closeted at the time, and because it was like a skater shirt, I could wear the pink, and so it made me like, like I could like you know if, if like boys were like you're you're gay, I could be like it's Volcom, <laughs> so you're gay, so you're gay actually. You Honestly, know? what a fantastic way to combat <laughs> somebody trying to make fun of your sexual orientation. It's like, yeah, well, it's a cool shirt. So like, I guess you're the gay one because you don't understand shit. Yeah. So you're the, you're the, you're the, yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder when that's going to go away. When people stop using gay as like, Oh, you are gay. You know, Mm. like why I want it to be like, uh Oh, are you gay? You don't got to tell me. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, Hillary Duff did those famously did those commercials, oh, and I thought yes, she fixed I it. She fixed homophobia. She she oh cured it. Oh my god, those big old teeth said, "Hey, hate stops hey. here." <laughs> yes, I love her big teeth. They make me so happy. <laughs> Sometimes I think about getting big old teeth, but the way you get Ooh. them is they shave down your teeth into little yeah nubs. little baby shark uh, teeth. Mm-hmm. And that for me is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. There's that. And then also when you get the new teeth, they can come out a little chiclety in the yeah. in a very Yeah. Even the good ones can be kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, I I guess I've seen like good teeth. Like I haven't it's not like I'm gonna be like, they're all Ooh. terrible. I've seen good ones. But like, boy, oh boy, mm. uh, some of them are real tough to look at. Yeah. Would you ever do that? No. Okay. Okay. I like, I actually really like um, real, I like teeth that aren't, that are imperfect. Mm -hmm. I think that it's, it makes me happy when someone has like crooked teeth, like crooked teeth or a gap or like, I think it's kind of cool. Like, it's very French that way. I don't know. I also really like crooked teeth. I, I mean, my teeth are pretty straight. I do have a little bit of an overbite. I never slept with my retainer, but like sometimes I wish I had a gap or Mm. something that was interesting. Like Madonna's gap is iconic. Like you wouldn't want her to close that gap. Uh, I think we need to embrace our differences. Like I wish. Amen. 
I, but also, it's like if you want to, if you want perfect straight teeth, go fucking get them. I don't care. But I can see on this Zoom, I can see that you have incredible teeth. Thank you. They're like very, very nice. Thank you. Um, it is a facade because I have to have another root canal. So here's oh. a little history about me and my fucking teeth, Nori. So I went to the dentist on the regular, and then Mumsy, my mummy died, and then I said I don't know how to take care of myself. So then mm. I didn't go. To the dentist she died in 2008 and then the first time i went to the dentist was this year from 2008 to this year and everything was wrong so what happened was okay i was with my friend echo my friend gracie we were eating dinner we were all having a good time and laughing i cracked my tooth i didn't tell them i just put it in my bra i still have it in a ziploc bag it lives (laughs) in my purse it's a weird choice i've made but i can't take it out now it's been too long went to the dentist they were like oh no girl you gotta have your wisdom teeth pulled a crown put on and a root canal Oh, and they did that all on the same day, and they didn't put me under. No, no. And I drove home, and I felt like a lunatic. I felt fully unhinged. You did not drive home. Well, they only gave me local anesthesia, so technically, legally, oh, I could drive home. But God. trauma happened to me, and I was not having a good time. And now I have to take a Xanax every time I go to the dentist because I have PTSD. Yes, <laughs> when I Nicole, when I got my wisdom teeth taken out, they also did local and then they gave me the laughing gas which was a little extra but i wanted it uh-huh. and i put in some music and i remember it was beyonce crazy to love cra- sorry crazy in love and <laughs> then i'm hearing I'm a, I'm a little out of it i'm kind of like on cloud nine i'm just somewhere in, in the up there and then all of a sudden i i feel the wisdom tooth come out and i feel it go down my throat <gasps> and then i hear the dentist go oh my god oh my god it's down her throat <laughs> And the other one goes, well, what the fuck? Like, fuck, 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 fuck. And they're saying fuck like 20 times. I can, I'm hearing them say fuck over and over again. And they get the suction thingy and they go down my throat and they, and I, the whole, I think it's hilarious. So I'm laughing. I'm I'm going (laughs) like, while while they're doing it. And then whenever I, you know, quote unquote, woke up, I mean, I was already up, Mm -hmm. but they didn't know how much I Oh new. my god. And so they, they just went, hey, they're like, it's all done. Everything went amazing. And I didn't bring it up, but they didn't bring it up. And so they don't they didn't know that I knew, but I knew. And and Crazy in Love was playing the whole time. That's what I that's what I love. How wild. How perfectly yeah. truly wild. Um, I oh this gives me even more anxiety. Because I'm like, <laughs> when you get so I've only been like put under, so I had ankle surgery and they put me under and I'm like, what happened while I was un- like, what happened? That's, that is scary. That is because you know that doc- surgeons are freaks. Yeah. Because that's how they can do like the only way they can do the job that they do is that if they're freaks. That's what it feels like. Right? I, I hope nothing terrible happened. <laughs> and we're, you know, I don't know. I'm sexy. You're sexy. I don't know. I'm just irresistible even i don't know i know i'm very irresistible i hope they resisted me and then do anything i can't believe a tooth went down your throat and they didn't tell you when you woke up no they thought they thought i didn't know that it happened and yeah i you know i had a surgeon so you know i'm trans or whatever and uh, trans (laughs) trans, whatever you know whatever let's talk whatever who fucking cares old news what does it even mean? And in today's world, what does that even mean? We're all going to die. It's like, the, it's 140 degrees. It's, it's like, Nori, it doesn't matter. I went matter. outside to walk my dog. <laughs> no. My dog did a U-turn and went, tried to go back inside. And I said, <laughs> yes. God, we have to, you have to take a shit. Like, you have to. And then he, I had to drag him down the street. We found some shade. <laughs> and then he was like, okay, fine. And he like shot real quick and then pulled me back to the house and was like, I can't be out here, bitch. No. But here, you go on with your story. I'm so sorry. I cut you right off. No, that that it's 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 my point is oh. that being trans doesn't mean anything anymore because it's so fucking hot. It doesn't mean anything. But all I'm saying is that my surgeon who did my my breast augmentation, he was a little bit of a pervert. I mean, like oh. like not in a way that made me ever I never felt uncomfortable and I never felt like unsafe Mm -hmm. it's just that i could tell that like a big part of what he does like he likes boobs Mm -hmm. like he likes boobs 
I mean, and I think that's a perfect, within reason, a perfect feel to go in if you like looking at titties. Yeah. If you like looking at titties all day and you really like perfecting them, just don't be like super creepy, but you could just be like openly like, I really love curating and creating breasts for people so that they can go into the world and feel comfy cozy. I feel like on career day, he took the test and then said, what do you like? <laughs> and he said... <laughs> I like boobs, titties, <laughs> titties to be exact. And then the test said, okay, I got a job for you. And it's to make people get good titties. <laughs> Did it hurt? I want. No. So I don't want them bigger. I just want them lifted and a little rounder. Also, maybe a little smaller. What I'm looking for is. Very small, perky, round boobies. Like right now, I'm like a 42C uh, or a 44B, and I want to be an A. <laughs> an A? Yeah, I want like, wow. I just want like little itty bitty perky titties that I don't have to wear a oh. bra with. You know what I call them? I call those tea time titties. I want tea time titties. That's what I, I want. I told the surgeon that I said, I said, you know what I want? I want tea time titties. And he went, I know exactly what you mean. How big did you go? I went D. Oh, okay. Because I'm a, you know, I'm a big, I'm a husky, husky lady. We're the same size. Actually, I think you're smaller than me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have sh- I have shoulders, like just in terms of my frame. He wanted double D. Well, surprise, oh, surprise. Okay. Surprise. <laughs> he wanted giant titties <laughs> on me. And I was like, no. I was like, we're going to go D's because I want tea time titties. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I get it. He's And I was like, I want them perky. And but but I want them dropped because I don't I want them to look like God gave me these ah, tea time titties. Some- Big natties. I didn't want the surge looked. I just wanted like I wanted them to already have a droop. So that okay. but now that I'm listen, listen, a few <laughs> years later, I kind of maybe wish I didn't get the pre-droop. You know, yeah, because they do gravity does take hold of titties. Yes. I should have let God do what God was gonna do and drop my titties because now they're double dropped. Mm-hmm. Cause you mine know? Are, they've dropped. But they're like still pretty small. Like when I lay on my back, I don't have titties. They go right <laughs> into my body. They go bye bye. But when I stand up, I'm like, oh no, they're a little droopy. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm like just touching my titties. My it, it's goodness. not a bad surgery. It's not a bad surgery. It's very easy. I was traveling a week after. A week after? Yes. So the recovery's just a week? Um, well, I, <laughs> I actually I said that or without Nori, really. Were you just flying oh. around, fucking not <laughs> listening dad. to your doctors? I just re- right after I said that, I realized the reason why I traveled is because my dad was dying. Oh, but God. I forgot. I forgot that part until after. I <laughs> so mean, that's why I was traveling. Convenient. I'm making fun. I'm like, oh yeah, you're just <laughs> flying around town. What a dream for you to go. Actually, I was traveling because my dad was dying. Yeah. <laughs> awkward, awkward. But the the lady, the the flight attendant helped me put my bag up. So Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. I said, ooh, I said, my I'm said, I'm sorry, my little titties. My little titties, I can't do my tea time titties. And she was like, oh, it's all good. If you really said that, my hope is right now she's <laughs> recanting that story to someone. She's like, this beautiful woman came on the plane and she said, I'm so sorry, my tea time titties. They're recovering. They make you wear a front bra so that it all it claps in the front. Oh. And now that's all I want to wear because it that was incredible. Yeah. I mean, I have two bras that clasp in the front, but there isn't enough fabric around the clasp where the clasp gets all out of like whack or whatever. Were you wearing one that was like it has like a big thing in the middle, right? Like it has like yeah, the, in the back middle hooks and then in the, it's, in the middle. It, and it's hooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hooks, hooks and eyes in the middle. And there's like five of them. Oh. And then that's all you you just you just do it. And then I was like, I want to wear this every day of my goddamn life. Well, maybe you could find some. I just I don't wear bras anymore. You don't <laughs> with with D's. I, maybe that's why the droop is uh, is drooping. Oh, maybe. I don't like bras. I I don't like the feeling. I I hate wearing bras. Fair. I love wearing bras just because I get under titty sweat so much. Oh, I do too. And I can't deal with that. It gets too hot and moist and it's very upsetting for me. Yeah. 
I also have that. <laughs> I do. Maybe I should get back into the bra game. I mean, you don't have to. I'm. It's not a judgment. <laughs> I think to each their own. Can I ask when you realized you were trans? Is that just a boring question that you don't wish to answer? Because you could say that because that's okay. I guess it really isn't interesting. Um, it's a. I will say this is a complicated answer because okay. because I think there's different levels of knowing. And because I I grew up in a super Christian, super conservative town, literally Mm -hmm. called Christian County. Yes. So it's like, hello, like in Kentucky. And also Bell Hooks is from there, which is really funny. Oh. Just me and Bell Hooks. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) No one, like everyone else racist. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Sorry. If you live live in Christian County, I'm so sorry. But you are. You are racist. Um, It'd be very funny if someone listening was like, oh, she got me. I am. Oh, damn. I love this podcast, but I am very (laughs) racist. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But uh, I feel like growing up in that environment, you have to... Like like the parts of you of you that aren't safe to to be in the world, you have to put that somewhere, mm-hmm. and you kind of bury that somewhere deep. And so, even though you can kind of feel it, and it's like always there, you're not necessarily interacting with it. You're not connecting with that part of you, and that's traumatic. I mean, I have a lot of chronic PTSD from all the years of not being able to be who I am mm-hmm. and having to be someone else. And so, I did a soft launch. Which was, okay. I came out as gay, as a gay man. That was mm-hmm. a soft launch. Okay. You know, the product wasn't ready yet. We had to yes. do like a... Some more focus testing and yes. asking the people, what do we think about this? Yes. I get it. But we we worked so hard that we like, we got to release something. Mm-hmm. We got to release something, but it's Let's not ready yet. the prototype, and then we'll have the final product ready in a couple months or yes. years. And the prototype was a twink. <laughs> so there was a twink prototype, <laughs> and that twink was slutty and uh-huh. amazing and bitchy and funny and um slutty did i say mm-hmm. i said slutty very slutty yeah, so i'm I, lots the of slut. double slut okay double slut love that and i lived in new york so i was in new york and i was oh. a gay man fire mm-hmm. island chelsea all of that and then i worked at callen lord which is an lgbt health center in well it's all over new york now but um i was an hiv counselor and so I worked a lot with um, trans women, and a lot of my clients were trans women, and you know, a lot of my coworkers were trans, and that was my first kind of intimate relationship with trans people. And there was such an adoration and respect for all the trans people that I was interacting with that at a certain point I had to start to question, like, what is this? Because it's not sexual, and it's not. I have no. But but there's just this deep, like, deep, deep knowing and respect. And so I talked to a therapist. And, I mean, from there it kind of came – it started to come out that from, you know, just to myself that I'm not comfortable with my gender, that I'm not – you know, that I'm not a man. And I don't know what I am, but I'm not a man. That, that's, that was the first – I was like, I'm, I don't know what it is, but I'm not that. Like, whatever that is, that's not me. And I've never felt comfortable being like that. And um, so then, so then non-binary was the middle part and, and then very quickly from there, it was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a binary, like trans woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, and now today in my current life, I'm somewhere between trans woman and non-binary because the, the, you know, I don't wear bras. That's one thing. Um, I just, I don't know. I, it's a. I quickly, in my transition, I'm so lazy. <laughs> and I was like, all the things that they were asking of me, I was like, I, I'm not going to do that. Like like what, if you don't mind? Oh, absolutely. I went to, there's a speech pathologist I was going to to try to have a woman a woman's voice. Oh, and okay. her name was, I swear to God, Dr. Linda Fake. <laughs> That's by the way, sunny. I love Linda and Faith. I should, I'm saying everyone's names. I'm like, I'm like, I should probably not be saying their names. But she, she wanted me to have like a Mad Men secretary voice. Oh, so she, she was like, like a 1950s secretary. Oh, so it was a lot of transition stuff to help you pass. Yeah, but I mean, how do I phrase it? I feel like passing is such like a arbitrary, weird thing that it's like. 
what does it even mean to pass? Like, I remember being in the bathroom in Vegas and this very older male presenting, I think he was a man, walked in and he did his business. He came out. There was women staring at him and like whispering. And then he looked up and he went, oh, my God. Oh, I'm so. And he was so apologetic. And I just looked at him and I said, gender's a construct. You, you're fine. Don't ever think about it again. You're fine. And he went, oh, thank you. And then he left. And I was like, what are we all doing to each other? <laughs> like, who, yeah. who cares what bathrooms we use? Who cares how people want to present themselves? Who cares if someone with a beard wants to wear a dress? Like, I think it's like, once you see it enough, you just, you're like, oh, whatever. And I wish we could get there. I wish you could just be trans and speak how you want. Or Yeah, a lot of it is about safety. And like, you know, mm. I feel like the updated word for passing is blending. Oh, where people, where trans people just, and I, I obviously, this is not a monolith. I'm not speaking for all trans people. This no. is, I'm speaking for uh, for 99.9% of trans people. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just speaking <laughs> for myself. <laughs> but, but, I was but, like, but, okay, oh, all right, okay. so that's most of them. Okay. All right. Um, but from my experience and oh, uh, what I've learned is like, you know, people want to blend in for safety. Like when I when I'm out in the world and I'm moving from point A to point B, I would like to get from point A to point B without being harassed or threatened or, you know, God forbid, like physical violence, like against mm -hmm. me. And so a big part of my transition was wanting that experience. And for the most part now, I don't really get looked at in public. No one's – well, actually, I got really fat, and that was the best thing I could ever do for my transition because now I just like – when you're a fat person, nobody's – looking at no like <laughs> like i got fat and all of a sudden it was like oh n no one's gonna anti-hate me funny the bigger you get the more invisible you get to a yes. point and then once you cross that point then people want to the look stairs. at you as a spectacle it yes. is truly insane because i was like a hundred pounds smaller when i was like 19 18 ish 20 um, and I got a lot of attention because I wore a lot of tight things and people are always like hitting on me and shit. Then steadily gained weight. It was like, oh, <laughs> I don't matter. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but and when I say I love it, it's sarcastic. It's so real. When I first, the, I would say like at the beginning of my transition, I was young mm -hmm. and I was, and I had youth and whatever, whatever. And I remember like I just started wearing women's clothes. Like it was like the day it was like the week I started wearing women's clothes and I looked exactly the same as I did as a boy, but just was wearing like shorts and like, it wasn't even like gen that gendered. It was just like the point being, I just walked outside and immediately was, was cat called and immediately men were like, Hey, how are you? How are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like whatever. And I was like, this is insane. I haven't done any, like yeah. nothing is different except Literally, I guess I'm wearing shorts and like, it was crazy. Yeah. When I was smaller, I could literally be wearing a trash bag and men would be like, hey, yes. <laughs> it's also like I lived in New York and this is like, you go to the bodega or whatever and people like won't leave you alone. That I don't miss. Yeah. But like, sometimes I do. I don't know. It doesn't make it's any complicated. sense. It's, it's so compl very complicated. I feel the exact same way. I don't miss feeling threatened. But I do miss attention because I no longer – I was at Tartine. Okay, let me – okay, I now have a platform to talk about this. Thank yes. God. This yes. is a platform. Get it off your chest, queen. I, have you ever been at Tartine in Silver Lake? No. What is Tartine? It's a very bougie cafe. Okay. Bougie and, like, very, like, industry and very, like, just bougie. Okay. So, I'm like, oh, I was having a good day. I was like, let me treat myself because I'm just having a really good day. I was in the area. I go to the fucking cafe. In front of me are two girls who must have been 16, 17, again, that age. Mm -hmm. And then they're wearing very, you know, like in trend, very like cool girl clothes. But it was kind of like a tube top. And like they were just like very hot, like, you know, just like desirable young mm -hmm. women to to men and the fucking the the cafe guy the, the whatever the manager was like full-on flirting with them just like goo he had goo goo eyes he was like giving them samples and they were laughing and they mm -hmm. were like having this great time right you you're smiling because you already know where this is going uh -huh. they 
They move along. I go and I'm like, hi. Like, just, just really like, <laughs> let me get the same energy, right? Uh-huh. I swear to God, he looks at me like I had killed his favorite <laughs> pet. And I was like, hey, what do you want? And I, oh like, I was just God. like, I was like, oh my God. Like, it wasn't even like, it was just so clear. And so I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. I was like, I'll have a ham and cheese croissant and a, you know, a, a latte, please. And he was like, okay, whatever. He's like, not being any eye contact, whatever, whatever. Ugh. I get my, I get my latte, no croissant. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I wait. I wait. I go back to the guy and I go, Hey, um, I just never got my ham and cheese croissant. He goes, you didn't order that. <gasps> and I went, Oh no, I, I, I did. And he goes, no, you didn't. Like, like again, that kind of just mean, oh my angry, God. and then I just stared at him. At that point, I stepped into my power because I was just, I was like, I'm done being a victim here. I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm Nori Reed. Fuck this guy. So I just like stare at him. I just start staring at him, and he goes, and he looks at the computer, and he he looked up the transaction, and goes, oh. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, you did. You you did. You did get a croissant. Oh, and then he starts laughing. He goes, you know, first day as it like as a joke, because uh-huh. he's clearly he's he's not it's not his first day. Mm-hmm. And I just kept staring at him and I didn't say anything for the rest of the interaction until I just left. My God, how yes. rude. Tartine, I, make it right. Make it uh, right, Tartine. Yeah, make it right, Tartine. <laughs> Give my girl a free <laughs> croissant with ham and cheese. Yes. I when things like that happen and my order gets messed up while someone was flirting with somebody else, I'll be like, what do you mean? I didn't order that. I'm a very fat woman and I'm hungry. And then I've said the, the F word and they're like, oh, no, you're not. I'm like, I am. Give me my food. I will make a scene. I love making scenes. And by the F word, you mean you say faggot. And then, <laughs> then, then they give you they give you all the food you want. I do that too. <laughs> My God, Sorry. I just real quick, we have to take a break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I gotta say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
I cannot believe how differently fat people are treated it's in this insane. world. The anger, the the hate. Yes. People are so mad at fat people for no reason. Yeah, and then they love to be like, I'm just worried about your health. And oh. I'm like, but like, my health is like, okay, you know, I take my little pills for, you know, things or whatever. I just, it's like, if you're worried about my health, like that means you're in my business. Get out, you know, get out of my business. They're not worried. Oh my god, no, they're not they're worried, worried about you being aesthetically pleasing. And guess what? My body is not for your consumption, says the woman who wrote a book where she's in a bikini on every page. <laughs> <laughs> I went to uh, Magic Mike in Vegas. I won't stop talking about this. Sashir <laughs> got pulled up to sit on a piano and serenaded. Mateo Lane got the number of some guy, and I, I think they flirted, and maybe something happened. I don't want to tell his business. I don't know. Who knows? I had to steal a glass because nobody would give me any <laughs> attention at that show. And I, this was like, maybe four or five years ago, and I am still fucking pressed about it. Pressed. And then Magic Mike Live, I talked about it on Kimmel, and they reached out and they were, because I guess I said Kimmel, I don't know if you know this, Nori. Anyway, it was oh, yes. very fun, but you know, whatever. Um, but they reached out via Instagram and then I reached back out and I've heard nothing. So Magic Mike Live has again dropped the ball with me. They have to make it right. They the have to make it right. Yes, I need very hot muscly men to slide all over me and you need a ham and cheese croissant and i need ham and cheese croissants <laughs> to slide all over me can i ask you a question are you dating yeah. are you on apps are you in a relation shop what does up uh, so i know oh god here's here's where i'm at and this is probably the most vulnerable part of my life because i feel like i have i'm in such control of all the parts of my life mm. and then dating is just a shit show because mm -hmm. you know i'm at the cross section of like you know every marginalized identity ever um but here's my thing you know pre-pandemic i was dating mm -hmm. and i moved to la i was dating i was fucking i was you know doing all the things um, I even met someone through a housing ad to like try to get a room, oh. and then it didn't. The room didn't work out, but then we just fucked for I a while. Love that isn't oh, that beautiful? I love it. That's that is honestly stunning. Gorgeous. What a dream! And then the pandemic happened, and I just you know I have pre existing. I just felt utterly terrified mm -hmm. of connecting with someone physically. Like it, it was mental for me in terms of like I could. I was. I still haven't had COVID. The, you still or, haven't had it? No. Or, and I was getting tested, I mean, throughout the pandemic, continuously, routinely for work. So I mean, bravo. I finally got it in May of this year. I'll tell you something. Not fun. Oh, my God. Was it bad? I did not have a nice time. So it wasn't as terrible as I thought it was going to be. But there was one day where I couldn't get warm. I was just walking around my home in a blanket, in a sweater, in a sweatshirt, layers upon layers, no fever, no war. I was just cold. And then no. I have like, I had a smoker's cough that was like starting to go away because I quit January 5th. But then I have a nice little cough from COVID. So it's, I, you know, I honestly, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was not fun. I I'm with I would I'm now I'm back to like dodging it like I, I don't go inside without a mask on because I don't fucking want it again terrified of it I mean I I, I have terrible lungs like you know I it, whatever the point is is that dating has definitely taken a toll from like the pandemic mm -hmm. I'm now finally in a place where I feel open and ready to start dating again so I'm that that is where I'm at I and love this. My therapist is like, we've been, we have been like, talk about soft launch. Like it's like this is, <laughs> this is the launch. Like it, it, it's happening. I haven't yet pulled the trigger on the dating apps and all that stuff because I hate the apps. Like deeply mm -hmm. in my heart, hate online dating. I mean, they're hate. bad. 
They're not good. Not good. Not because people are, I hate people. I hate people. I think a converse, normal conversation is boring. I don't mm-hmm. want to talk about your, you have a sister. I don't, why the fuck do I care <laughs> that you have a sister? I don't know your sister. I. Uh, Drew Michael has a joke where he's like, I don't want to date. I don't know you. I don't love you. Why do I have to go to dinner with you? I don't love you. I love my mom. I want to hang yeah. out with my mom. And it's such a funny <laughs> joke. And every time I hear it, I'm like, yeah, what are we all doing? Just hanging out with people we don't know and love. It's I, I'm at a point where my friends now are just like, we can't be your like dates anymore. You know, because I feel like when you're not dating, your friends kind of become like a pseudo like, you know, I haven't really articulated this ever. Yeah, I'm taking Sashir to the Emmys. You know, it's like, yeah. Your friends become everything your family, your, Uh your, and I feel like I'm at a point now where my friends are dating, their, their, their lives are moving along. And it's like, I got to start, you know. But I also, my, who I'm attracted to has changed as well. Like, ooh, let's get into it. What are you looking for? Yeah. So before I was very much only into men and, through transitioning, definitely have I would consider myself bisexual, pansexual, whatever mm-hmm. that means. So gender just started to matter less and less the older I got. The more mature mm-hmm. I became, the more I realized kind of like you were saying earlier, just how silly gender constructs are. And mm-hmm. just um yeah, for something changed for me psychologically where I was like, I truly could not care what the meat looks like. Mm-hmm. In, in your pant, your 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 pe- your pants meat. Your pant meat, whether it be beefy curtains or yes. a solid sausage or whatever. I don't know. You can have All whatever. delicious. Yeah. All delicious. I, um, I feel the same way. Um, although I don't put a label on it. I don't like the word pansexual. It's not Neither. appealing to me. Oh, yes. I don't like bisexual either because that's, again, oh. not appealing to me. Straight embarrassing could never i would never refer myself <laughs> as that it's weird just being like no straight and narrow i only like yeah strictly dick like it's insane <laughs> it's like people like that blow my mind every day because i'm like you've never opened a magazine or like watched a tv show and been like wow that person who's the same gender as me can really get it we yes. all think that Absolutely. And I hear people are like, my girl crush. And it's like, no, it's just a woman you find attractive. It really bothers me because yes. I do not think anyone is straight. I think we are all uh, pansexual. What an awful word. Awful. I think we're all like, if we just stopped thinking about societal norms, we could just love who we want. You know? I I agree with that. I where I'm at right now is I have all this experience with men and I don't really respect men. So it's easy to like <laughs> date them. Cause I don't really care about the impact that I have on them. Nori. But then what? This is, this is true. And and then with women, I'm like, I actually love and respect and care about women. So I'm a little terror. I'm like almost like scared and terrified of starting to date women mm-hmm. because they, it actually, it means something. So, you know, I think you saying that whether it's a joke or not means that this is a real treat and you should start dating women. I know. I think it's going to be good. I Yeah. Yeah, I really do. I don't know. I just really I have like a couple of friends who have like explored their sexuality in the last couple of years and I like they've just been happier than I've ever seen them and I'm like, "Yeah." Let's all just live our lives and be happy. And if you have a little, you know, thought in the back of your brain, fucking listen to it, explore it. Unless that little thought's like, let's murder. Because I've been watching this new show called The Patient. Have you seen it? It's on FX, also Hulu. So it's got Steve Carell and Damal Gleason or Damal Gleason. I don't know. He's Irish and I love him. He is if he's single and you know him, Ooh. let him know that this big black lady is uh, <laughs> trying to bark up that red hair tree. Anyway, so, oh, wait, I don't want to, like, give it away, but I think it gives it away in the trailer. I don't know. Steve Carell is, like, a therapist who's trying to help him, and then Dama, oh, he's got secrets. And then Steve Carell's like, I don't know if I can help you. And then, you know, okay, I'm on I'm on episode two, and I think it's really good. Also, Mike on Hulu is a really good show. I don't know why I brought these two shows up. 
What were we talking about before? Oh, dating, dating new genders, uh, your sexuality changing. Um, and then I brought up a Hulu show. <laughs> Steve Carell. Steve Carell. That was the, no, I don't know. <laughs> what was I trying to say? I don't think I took my ADHD medicine today. Maybe I'm trying to say that Dumbwall Gleason is going to make me happy. I don't know. <laughs> Nori, now I feel insane. We should take another break. <laughs> Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because... Sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things and Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to Newly.com and ly.com that's newly with two u's and enter the code date me 20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month that's n-u-u-l-y.com newly with two u's with code date me 20 newly subscription clothing rental change your clothes Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. <laughs> and we're back. I still don't know what's going on in my little brain. Okay, Nori, when did you start doing stand-up? I've spoken nothing about your fucking mm. career or stand-up or anything. So tell me yeah. about it. Um, well, um, it was uh, in Oakland, California. And uh, I was like a trans lady. And I was feeling like really disempowered in the interactions I was having in my life. And I was sick of all the stares and kind of just like... Not really enjoying that. And then I kind of t- – I took a, a, a stand-up class and then I was good at it and people were laughing. And and then I started to realize that when you're on stage, you have the mic and you're talking and people are to just have to listen. And they have to mm-hmm. like to listen to you. And so it became a really empowering kind of thing for me where I got to like make fun of the cis people who were like – being really dumb and you know like i got to like roast and kind of like dumb you know kind of the people who are considered normal and i'm you know i'm considered you know weird and it, yeah that that became the process and that was i've been doing stand up i guess for 5 years 5 or 6 years 
I saw you at a show in a parking lot, you know, because that's how we're doing them right now. Yes. Or how we were doing them. And you were wearing this lovely, like, fluffy white peasant top yes. and these really cool, like, loose straight leg jeans that were like a lighter wash. And I said, I love this. And you're on stage and someone said something. Like, it was kind of like a, like, not a harsh heckle, but it was a heckle. And you were like, I'm up here. I have the mic. I'm sorry. Did you want to speak? You can't because I'm up. And I just loved it. And you like really leaned into it. And I like, I was like cackling in the back. Um, yeah. It's oh. a joy to watch you on stage. You're so funny. Thank you. I was, um, I, I've gotten to the point now where people are like writing about my comedy, which has been fascinating because I've never been able to put a finger on what I, because since I'm the person performing, I don't really mm -hmm. know what I'm doing. But then someone wrote that I'm a dom. Oh. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh, my God. I'm a comedy dominatrix. And I never really thought that. But that's so true. I love that. A comedy dom. Ooh. Yeah. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like a roasting. Yeah. I don't know. I Yeah. I enjoy that kind of dynamic with the audience i like mm -hmm. to kind of create tension and aggression a little bit mm. um well because here's the thing can i say this yes something i try to fight against um whether it's consciously or unconsciously is pity because sometimes uh -huh. i'll get on stage and i'll share something that i think is so funny mm -hmm. and then some white cis lady goes oh mm -hmm. and she thinks that she's like the humanitarian of the year and then she's like <laughs> helping me and what she doesn't know is that's the biggest heckle you could mm -hmm. ever fucking do because it's funny and it's it's a funny thing that happened and if you would just be open and trusting that i'm if i'm up there talking about it i i want you yes to laugh and so i guess a part of me creating tension and almost fighting with the audience is a way to like get away from that like pity it is interesting how an audience will pity you because society tells them yes. that you're like less than and you're sad and whatever. Like I've been on stage and I was trying to figure out some fat jokes. And every time I said I was fat, people go, oh, and I was like, wait, what is happening? I was like, I didn't say I was ugly. I didn't say like I hated myself. I'm just saying an attribute that you can actually see. So it's funny whenever like a fat woman has a stand up clip where she's like, people love to say I'm not. You're not fat. You're beautiful. People go, someone stole your joke. I'm like, no, every single fat woman has that joke. There's just yes. a different ending to the joke because that's what we have to deal with. So it's like, write what you know. Um, <laughs> but there was one time. I said something about being fat and there was like consistent awes in the audience. And I finally was like, what's wrong with you people? You can see it, right? Am I crazy? I'm fat. I'd be in therapy right now if I didn't think it was okay to talk about. I wouldn't have left my fucking home after nightfall. Like I just started yes. screaming. I was like, what is happening? You're, I was like, I'm on a goddamn stage right now yeah. with lights and a microphone. Like, Yeah, and the punchline <laughs> is me fisting my fat rolls. Like, how are you <laughs> awing at that? What on the earth? I've stepped away <laughs> from doing stand-up for a little bit because it got to be so overwhelming. Because I was like, yeah. I toured like every weekend of 2019 and... I would like kind of go on autopilot sometimes, but then sometimes I would get heckled in a way where I was like, do you know what it took to get to this part of fucking Florida? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I got on two planes to get here. <laughs> and now you're going to talk through the fucking show. I would like lose my mind a little bit. And this one man on Twitter was like, she's a bad sport. Like, we were all just here for a good time. I was like, sure, but like I prepared material. And that's when I was like, maybe I gotta maybe I gotta rethink what I'm doing. Because <laughs> it is part of it. Something I've been doing recent I relate to that so much. And recently what I've been doing is if an audience is like a polite audience where they're listening and they're not laughing, they're just like listening and they're sitting there staring at me like fucking idiots. <sighs> what I do is I go, guys, I literally can't bomb tonight. I'm like, what you don't understand is emotionally, emotionally, I can't do it. And if you don't start laughing, I might 
do something. And I'm not saying what I'm going to do, but it's going to be bad. And I may not come back from what happens. And then, um, so I threatened them with yes. my life. Threaten and then them. They, yes. And then they immediately guess what? Oh, they're laughing. They're laughing. They're tee hee heeing. They said her life depends on it. We better yes. start laughing. All you have to do is threaten to hurt yourself and people will do anything. It's crazy. <laughs> it's wild. It is wild. Also, not <laughs> real advice lately no, people no, have no, no, been no. Uh, a little confused on what are jokes and what is real. that's a joke that was a joke <laughs> no no please don't do that don't do that no it's fine in the comments they'll say fun things and i go oh boy oh boy what a treat <laughs> um yeah comedy is such like a wild thing can you tell me about working on raven's home it's a multi-cam yeah. right it's multi-cam classic sitcom yeah. What is tape night like? Probably wild. People love Raven Simone. Well, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, we don't have a live audience, oh, which is just I see, I so see. sad. I mean, it's that's honestly like I'm very sad about that. Mm. Um, but we're on set. I mean, we're there. We're laughing. We're definitely, you know, the writers, we're all kind of we're pitching jokes whenever something doesn't work. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's been really cool. I mean, I. I never saw myself working on a multicam and it's been interesting to like, I've definitely walked away with a lot of respect for mm -hmm. it and a it's lot hard. of like, it's hard and it's definitely an art form and it, it's been really cool to learn about the ins and outs of a sitcom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've only done one multicam. It was a show that was on ABC Family when before that became three, four. And that's how old I am a dinosaur. <laughs> and, um, I like did we did this one scene where we got through it. The audience really liked it. They were ha ha ha. And then we went for a second take and I just changed my delivery. And the director was like, we're doing this a third time. Don't change it again. And I was like, what? Why? He's like, because we're timing it for the like uh, the, the edit or whatever. And he's like, and when you do something new, the audience laughs longer they laugh shorter when they know what's going to happen. And I said, oh. So then we did it a third time and I did a third different take because I was like, you're not going to stop my ha-has. <laughs> I'm yeah. a bad multicam actress because I want my instant gratification. It's like there's so many rules and that people don't know about. Like Raven definitely like is such a mentor to a lot of the other actors who are on set and really mm -hmm. like – helps them learn kind of what it is to be on like a Disney sitcom. Mm -hmm. um, she truly is a comedic genius. Like just watching her work, she is a, a genius. Yeah. I think she's very funny. And sometimes I'm like, maybe I want to do a multicam because it's big. It's we want broad it. and it is fun. We're hungry for it. I yeah I just I love it's funny as much as like I'll fight with an audience or get mad that they want to talk to me or whatever it's like I love audiences and I love performing um okay Nori I have a question yes would you date me yes okay I love it. I love it. You said yes in a way that, like, I felt really stupid for asking the question. <laughs> what? Why? Well, I ask all my guests that question, and you really seemed angry that I even asked. You were like, ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny. Of yes, I liked it. I think I. I don't. I know you're not. You're not asking me to go deeper, but if if, if I may, sure. I just, um, I think there's something so beautiful when like two fat women date each other. Have you seen mm -hmm. it? I oh, have. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. I knew this couple in Oakland and um, they're both very fat and they're like, just their life looks like they just go out and they eat and they like, <laughs> they laugh, they make each other laugh so much and they, they're, they're so in love. And like I was, and they like share clothes, and I was like, "Wait!" Oh. I was like, "That's the answer." That is the answer. Your wardrobe doubles. Yes, and you have someone to just eat with. Just to eat with. Oh, yeah. I'm really thinking this over. 
Okay. Well, Nori, we have come to the end. I truly could talk to you all day long. You're Aww. just a fucking delight. I think Thank you're you. so funny and so talented. Do you have like a website where you put your stand up dates for the people to come see you if they live in LA? The best thing is my Instagram. I always post all my stories like when the next shows are. So follow me on Instagram for all the show, all the show info. Tell them what your Instagram is. My Instagram is Nori Reed. It is my name. Very easy, very breezy. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to promote? Uh, now streaming on Showtime, uh, I'm uh, in Alan Cumming Presents a Queer Comedy Extravaganza, which features incredibly funny queer comics, and I'm one of them. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Watch that on Showtime. And if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it or whatever. I don't know. Subscribe. Can you do that on Apple Podcasts? I don't know. Leave me a five-star review. That's nice. But if you want to hit on me saying something really fucking nasty, you can write it to Why Won't You Date Me Podcast at gmail.com. Mars, my producer, is the one who goes through it, not me. So... Do not send her dick pics. She does not want them. Okay, this nice person said, Nicole, I want to take you on a mini golf date. Instead of playing on the regular course, we'll find a hidden place where you can sit on the ground. <laughs> I love sitting. And, and I, oh, and I could put the balls right into your pussy. Whenever I get one in, you shout, Awooga, that's a hole in one. <laughs> when, we, <laughs> when we finish, we'll go to your place, pop them balls out of your puss. I have to keep them in me and sell them to perverts on the dark web. We'll use the profits to buy our own mini golf course and renovate it so all the, ball, all the holes are replicas of your holes and we'll charge people an arm and a leg to put their balls into your puss we'll both become multi-millionaires and live happily ever after what a treat what a dream honestly what a great business venture that was amazing if you have a proposal <laughs> send that to the email <laughs> okay uh, bye bye <laughs> that's it for why won't you date me with me nicole buyer why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by, oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.